0: welcome to the inclusive leadership in a virtual world podcast each week we invite a different world-class inclusive leader to facilitate a session for our weekly virtual gathering the facilitators are given 10 to 12 minutes to share their unique approach toward inclusive leadership enjoy this featured inclusive leader and join us on wednesdays at 10 a.m pacific We just saw Wonder Woman in the 1970s that brought women out of the kitchen and into the superstar central role that was so important in the 70s. Well, today in the 21st century, we all have IP. We all have intellectual property. Whether we are a man or a woman, we are people, hear us roar. And Dana is the passionate the fabulous legal wonder woman in our midst. And I'm going to turn the baton over to uh, to Diana to take us through what is IP, remove the confusion, and then we're gonna to get to practice in several scenarios. So we're gonna take control back. She's gonna help us take control of our destiny. I'm gonna share my screen very quickly. And, uh, let's move this, there we go. Dana, you've got. Right.
1: On. Thank you so much, Susan. It's great to be here. I appreciate all of you attending today. Um, I'm Dana Cotton, I'm the owner and founder of Arc IP law, and I'm going to talk with you about IP and I wouldn't be a good lawyer if I didn't have my disclaimer. So there you go. There's a disclaimer, um. I want to talk just a little bit about IP and what it is. And essentially it includes intangible assets such as ideas, inventions, phrases, symbols, designs, and musical, literary, and artistic works. So it covers a wide range range of things and it's an exclusive legal property, right? Um, and it refers to the legal rights, not the intellectual work itself. Um, so it is a work of the mind. Society wants to protect the intellectual property rights to promote progress and economic growth. And recent studies have shown that about two-thirds of the value of large businesses in the US can traced to their intangible assets, which is their intellectual property. So that's why it's important. Um, There are, and I'm doing a real high level overview, you know, given the amount of time that we're allotted. So I'm going to go kind of fast, but it'll kind of give you the basics of what, you know, what IP is and sort of the four different categories. So basically we've got patents that protect useful, tangible ideas. We've got trade secrets, which protect you know, commercial knowledge that you want to keep hidden. We've got trademarks, which like Wonder Woman was her own brand protects the identity of the products. And we've got copyrights that protect creative works. So those are kind of your four categories. I'm going to go through each of them relatively quickly, and then we're going to have a practice um, session to see how we might advise someone in a particular area. Um, patents are weird because they, um, they're a fixed time monopoly basically. Um, but they also are a negative, right, which means you might need permission from someone else to actually make your invention. If the component of your invention includes something, or you might need FDA approval if it's a drug. So just because you have a patent doesn't necessarily mean that you can practice your invention without having to jump through other groups. Um, and patents are by jurisdiction, um, as are um, trademarks. And so you can get foreign protection of patents as well. As just in the U.S., um, so next slide. What can be patented? Anything that's useful, a useful process, a machine, a manufacturer, a composition of matter, or any new or useful improvement thereof. Key words are: it has to be novel, useful, and unobvious. And while those seem like um, specific terms, they are open to a lot of interpretation. And uh that's why we have so many discrepancies in how things can get covered um, this is an example of a patent the camera that flies around the um, football field it's a pulley system that operates in three-dimensional space but it's only two ropes um, we wrote this patent um, and it's one of our one of our largest uh, patents um that's a utility patent because it has a particular useful purpose there are design patents which are how something looks. So if there's a unique ornamental design that has no utilitarian aspect, you can obtain a uh, patent on that as a design. And then the third kind of patent is a plant patent. Um, So they do this frequently with roses, fruit trees, and whatnot to create new types of um, products Or um, the second category is trade secrets and broadly defined, the trade secret is any information uh, that can be used in the operation of a business that is sufficiently valuable and secret such that you want to keep it hidden. So in order for it to qualify as a trade secret, it does have to be not generally known and it must be valuable um, and it must you must maintain reasonable measures in place to keep it secret. Um, Y'all know the KFC recipe, the cola recipe, those are typical trade secrets. Um, Information that's not known, information must be valuable, and you must take reasonable efforts to protect it. All right, so next slide. Um, You have to take affirmative actions to protect a trade secret. Uh, Generally, um, trade secret policy will be in writing. There'll be non-disclosure agreements that the parties will have to sign. You have to restrict access, label documents and communications as confidential and um, just really enforce and take those steps to protect it. They're interesting because there's a a lot of times where a person needs to decide or a company needs needs to decide, do we want to keep it a secret or do we want to patent it? Because if you patent it, then it's in the public domain. And so it becomes, for practical purposes, available to others to see. Whereas if you keep it a trade secret, um, it's a secret and no one can get access to it. And you can keep that trade secret for as long as you can keep it hidden. <laughs> so, whereas a patent is going to have a limited lifespan. All right, next slide. Moving we'll right along. Clicking on, clicking on. Um, I'm doing good on my time, seeing. Um, Trademarks are your brand, your identity, how people are going to identify you as the source of the good or service. So trademarks are um, something you can protect federally. You can also protect them state by state. And then you can also protect them internationally. typically trademarks are going to be your logo, your name, and there are different levels of um, trademarks that are more are, are stronger versus weaker. So you've got fanciful trademarks which are made-up words that have nothing to do, you know, with the product itself. You've got suggestive trademarks and then you've got descriptive um Words that are, you know, sort of you can easily tell what the product is or the service is from the, the phrase itself. And then what's not a trademark is something that's generic. So some of you may recall the case of Xerox or Kleenex and the attempts of those companies to keep their trademark in effect, as opposed to it becoming the generic word for that particular product. Trademarks um, can last indefinitely, but you do need to renew them every five years or 10 years. And um, again, you can get those in the US and also internationally, country by country. All right, a copyright. The copyright is a form of protection for authors of original works. So literary, dramatic, music, artistic works. It's to promote the progress of science and useful arts, and it gives you an exclusive legal right to copy and reproduce the original work or expression. The work has to be in a tangible form in order for it to be given a copyright. An interesting thing about copyrights also is that if you um, want to be able to enforce and get damages from someone, you do need to actually register your copyright with the US Copyright Office. And in doing so, you can leverage that registration in multiple um, jurisdictions or countries across the world because of various treaties that are in place. Um, So if you think of copyrights as your written works, your books, articles, plays, your paintings, even dances, music, audio recordings, photographs, TV, um, and then even uh, computer programs, Typically software, the code behind the um, program, how it works, the software itself and the code is um, copyrightable. So the copyright protects the idea, not just um not just the the way that it is, um, but how it's expressed. Um, so procedures, methods, systems, and processes are typically more patentable. So there's one kind of patent I didn't touch on at the beginning, which is called a method patent. Um, and that might be something where there's a particular process that someone would go through for, um, their manufacturing facility. And that could be a methodology that's unique to them. And that could be protectable by a patent. Um, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. Um. Uh, Basically, what's not also subject to copyright is um, titles, names, slogans, or things that are trademarks. So those are some things that aren't necessarily copyrightful. There is a lot of synergy of IP protection. So all these forms of IP kind of work together. And so when we're looking at, you know, how to um, protect a client's intellectual property, we're looking at sort of the trade secrets to protect the know-how, maybe the client lists, um, the patents to protect the ideas and commercial embodiments that have utilitarian purpose, the copyrights would protect their designs, publications, programs, multi, uh, marketing materials, um, you know, your website, uh, the way it looks and feels, um, and those sorts of things. And then trademarks are going to protect your brand names um, and labels, product packaging and the like. So we look at very carefully to, you know, the research and development, public disclosures, marketing, what the clients are doing and how they're using the various things so that we can advise them effectively on how to best protect their IP and then what sorts of IP to prioritize and where we might be able to get overlap which would then give us a broader ability to um, seek damages when we need to go to enforce. And I just wanna give a shout out to Susan and thank you so much for helping me with my slides. I can't seem to talk and do the slide maneuvering at the same time and I'm ready to go to the next one now.
0: Right, and I was gonna say we have a few extra minutes and I cannot see the chat because I've been trying to pay attention. Are there any questions that we can, you know, that are coming up or that somebody wants to ask before we move into the case studies and the breakthrough rooms? Uh, Matthew had posted a question about how IP is handled in
1: other countries and how US IP laws are followed more or less in various other countries. Yes, there are a lot of similarities um, in jurisdictions um, with how IP is handled. Um, there's some overlap, and then there are also fine nuances. So you can really get into the weeds with that. And an interesting question we just had today was with a, a patent client that also had a huge portfolio of trademarks. And how do they mark their, their packaging um, for the various patents? because they distribute throughout the world, can we come up with a system that works in every jurisdiction? So, you know, reaching out to our foreign associates in Japan, um, Europe, uh, the Asian countries, and um, even Australia and Canada and Mexico, can we find a way to um, label things where it can work in every jurisdiction and they don't have to have a different product packaging for each country?
0: Um, so that's an interesting challenge. Um, it looks like we're going to address some simpler challenges.
1: Yes. So we thought it would be fun to give you a case study. Um, and what we want you to do is pick one of the first three bullet points. Don't try to do them all free because you're o- you're only going to have 10 minutes. We're going to break into groups. And what we want you to do is pick one of those bullet points and talk about what kind of IP protection um, that particular individual should maybe consider and look at. So I know this is like a crash course in IP, but you've got a lot of smart people, uh, in this room and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where you come in. You're welcome to elaborate, um, add facts as you like, um, but pick one that strikes your fancy for your group. And then we'll come back and see what y'all think and take some, uh, them report out and uh, see where you land on what IP that particular uh, person should protect.
0: You've just been given a taste of the inclusive leadership in a virtual world weekly gathering. If you would like to join us for an upcoming ILVW session, look for the registration URL in the comments. Register once and join us whenever your schedule permits.